You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Let's go ahead and get started. I am a little late this evening, and it is entirely my fault. I do apologize, though the listener's not going to know any difference because it's all going to go out at the same time every day anyway, so it's going to be right on time for them. But you guys had to wait on my sorry behind for the last hour, and I do apologize for that. But as you can see, I am physically wounded because of my mishaps. You can see why I was late, so it's not like I'm just putting you on. You can see what happened to me. I've got a fat busted lip. Because of it, I was trying to I was trying to do some work on an air conditioner, and yeah, it went horribly wrong. Uh, so it was uh, yeah, it was it was bad. But anyway, I'm here now. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. Bruce, it's good to see you. How are you? Healthy and alive. Uh, did you attempt to French kiss the uh, squirrel cage or? No, this was one of those. Uh, this is one of those window units. This wasn't like the, uh, you know, like the the central unit. This was a window unit, and it's a window unit from like back in the day, like the good ones. You know the ones that are colder than a freezer. Yeah, that one that uh, that use like nine times the amount of energy. But man, they are cold, right? You only need to turn it on for like five minutes, and the room's colder than the refrigerator. That kind. Yeah, it's one of those. So it was extra heavy. So um, yeah, I, uh, I I just I wasn't paying attention. Uh, but anyway, I, I learned. Yeah, what did we learn? Yeah, I learned. Uh, I won't make that same mistake again. And joining oh, us again this yeah, joining us again this week, Ned. It's good to see you. How are you? I'm fine. Good to be here. See? Must be, because I waited an hour for you. Yeah, you waited an hour. It's my fault. I do apologize. Okay, we were doing a little bit of prep work here before we started, and we were glossing over this. Uh, story today, big story today, and I, I don't have anything lined up, so I mean, this is going to be kind of one of our, uh, of like our three-way roundtable here uh, that we're going to have. So we're, we're just going to see where it goes, uh, just like the last time, because I, I think it was, a, it was a good conversation, but it's not going to go on for like two hours this time. So we're going to keep it, uh, we're going to keep it pretty short tonight. But this today, this is out of uh, London. A Tory MP was murdered today. And when I say mur- I mean literally he was murdered. I, I don't have any words for that. That I, I really don't have any words for that. I had an actual article here. Where'd it go? Here we go. Sir David uh, Ames. A- Amos? I- I'm assuming I'm saying that right. He's died. He was a UK MP, victim of stabbing earlier uh, earlier today. Conservative MP. Oh, he died at the scene of the attack. He didn't. He wasn't taken somewhere. Uh, he was at Leon C. And they say that uh, a 25-year-old man is in custody. Man is in custody. The MP was giving a speech, uh, having a constituent meeting, and he was approached by this man, and he was stabbed repeatedly and died at the scene. That's murder, as far as I'm concerned. Now, the Mm. motive needs to be discovered, but the Essex police tweeted the following. And you know where this agenda goes whenever they start saying stuff like this. A man has been arrested following the incident in Leon C., We were called to reports of stabbing in Eastwood Road North shortly after 12.05 p.m. A man was arrested shortly after, and we're not looking for anyone else. We'll bring more info info to you when we have it. Okay, so um, usually when they say that, when they put out a tweet like this, and they say a man 
well, it's usually not going to follow the agenda, is it? It's not going to follow along with the, uh, uh, what, what's the what's the thing they like to use these days? The white supremacists, the national, uh, the, the nationalists. Yeah, yeah. basically uh, all the what rest you're saying, it. yeah, what you're saying is if it was a white male, they would have put a white male. But if all it wasn't a white they, male, they would be all put over the place. a man because yeah. they're worried about someone going, whoa. Or taking offense to whether you call them Indian, black, Pakistani, brown, yellow, whatever. And people don't generally take offense because they want to know what happened. People take offense at poor reporting or non-subjective reporting. That will get people's backs up because they actually, like you say, state a man. Yeah, it was a man. Fine. It was a young man of 25. He went and stabbed somebody, but it doesn't actually put anybody's minds at rest about we're following it up. That's what police usually say. Or we're going to find out why he done it. Like he said, there's none of that. All it was was a short, crisp tweet and nobody knows any more since. Why did he do it? He, people generally don't walk into a, a um, crowded place and just go, well, I'm going to stab you openly because, first of all, they're sentencing themselves to something and they've got to be in one mad reason to do it they've got to be upset about something let me add one more piece to the puzzle real quick because this article talks about police said that counterterrorism officers were leading the investigation puts another little so basically they're saying what the actual young man was obviously from a country or of a nationality on their hit list yep yeah Uh uh-huh well that narrows it down to whatever they want to put on there because none of us know actually what that list includes does it well we might because the independent just said this suspect in the killing of uk conservative mp david ms is of this would explain why you're hearing a man is of somali origin and the suspected motivation is islamist again that's according to the independent if it's islamist did david ms have any political open views against them I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The only thing that I do know, I was reading earlier today that he was a pro-Brexit politician and he was speaking out on many different occasions about the UK open border policy that you guys are following, which would would follow along with with a lot of uh, this. And on top of that, he was upset because his family couldn't be allowed in or something. Maybe. I I, I don't really know. I mean, we we probably won't know that. But didn't you say, Bruce, he was given when you were looking into it, didn't you say he was uh, all this took place at a church he was having the uh, the meeting in a church yeah this this happened at a methodist church it was it looks like 40 40 miles or 62 kilometers east of london yeah leon c yeah the shocking oh. thing the shocking thing to me was london mayor sadiq khan what he tweeted clearly i mean i'll put this up behind this clearly you can see this is his verified twitter account right here and it says i am he says i am so deeply deeply saddened by the tragic news that Sir David has passed away. He loved being an MP and was a great public servant, and he probably didn't know who he was. It is just awful. My thoughts and prayers and all of those Londoners are with David's loved ones at the t- uh, at this time of unimaginable grief. Do you know what my problem is with this tweet? Uh, he makes lots. he makes reference, to, well, yeah, lots, but the, the one thing that stands out to me is he says, I am so deeply, deeply saddened by the tragic news that Sir David has passed away. He didn't pass away. He was murdered in cold blood. He got hacked to death. Yeah. That's and, just... Uh, um, oh. But then that's... that's You see, now this is, once again, if you were part of the family, you'd be expected to hear a statement saying, we're going to follow this up. We're going to find out why. We're going to get justice for this. But there's none of this. That is just a bit of rhetoric that just gets handed out 
as a political, I better put that out. I'm off to lunch. Can you post it for me, please? That sort of thing. It That's is, exactly what it sounds there, like. It's no warmth, there's no warmth in that or meaning or what the family really needs. They need reassurance that they're going to find out why. Because everybody wants to know why somebody killed somebody close to them, for God's sake. Excuse my French. Well, no, there's uh, yeah. well, there's, there's no there's no excuse for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, just kidding. Like I said, I, I really don't have anything planned. What were you guys discussing before I came in here? You had a nice long conversation going before I came in. That You haven't been here for a couple of weeks. Last week, you had something else going on. You weren't able to make it. What's been on your radar for the well, last couple of weeks? Well, let's stay with London. Let's stay with London okay. at the moment. All right. Because All right. There's, there's something interesting going on. You see, talking about London, it'd be interesting what... Um, Sadiq's views would be because in this country, if any uh, construction is put out to tender, i.e., the government puts out to tender for other companies to tender to build or whatever, um, it has to go public. Okay. <laughs> One of the most interesting things um, is they've put out to tender the building of some temporary buildings in Westminster in London. Now you'd wonder what lovely attraction they'd be building there. Well, these buildings are only temporary and they're going to be there till June the 21st, 2025. If anybody's interested in finding out what they are for, they are for dead bodies. In case the 32 boroughs of London amass a rather large load of dead bodies, these are going to be constructed for them. Now, between what? now and 2025, yeah, dead bodies. Now, between now and okay. 2025. Uh, all right. All right. That, uh, that, my mind is working here. So, no, so go on. So what is going to cause an a mass, a possible mass of dead bodies between now and 2025? I don't know, um, but I, I will say unless, this. I, I will say on. this bef before you do this. I, I was reading, I was reading uh, some documents from the Club of Rome about a year ago. It's it's really funny you bring this up. I was reading some documents from a Club of Rome about a year ago, and they were putting out some numbers that they wanted to target on the population reduction numbers. And this is what these these sycophants at the Club of Rome, Cold Springs Harbor, Rockefeller Foundation, this is what they do. They, they sit there and they, they war game about how to reduce world population. That's what they do. But if you're talking about that, they were talking about a 74% reduction in the UK's population by the year 2025. Well, the only thing that could really add to that, I mean, or actually be, be like that, is if you... Um I mean, if you think about it, hypothetically, if somebody managed to accidentally let loose a nasty virus, create a man-made vaccine for it that works against the, the first strain of it, but then might cause a serious reaction to any other strain that might come out like other ones have in the past that we've warned about. And this, then you just keep pushing the vaccine until enough people have it. Yeah, Bruce, can you can you pull something? The the document that I sent you the other day is in your DMs. Can you pull something? That was a UK study that we looked at, and uh -huh. they were they were estimating that the UK is going to start having uh, some real problems because, it, and it's not just the UK, but this is this this is where the study came from. So I want to stick with that. But in general, we're starting to see this information come out. The vaccinations or jabs or or what they're not actual vaccinations, but the the jabs they're causing people to lose their immune systems over time. And this isn't that kind of what that document was referencing, Bruce. We were looking at with all those tables and statistics and figures. Yeah, because that means they'll become susceptible to all sorts of things. Exactly. Yeah. So if, if they're building these facilities like you're talking about, then that would play, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
the actual title of it is is called a temporary body storage service and it was a tender notice description the authority seeks to procure a framework of agreement for temporary body storage in the event of an excess death situation for the 32 london boroughs and the city of london and it's led by the uh, westminster city council i mean if anybody wanted to look at it there's a thing in this country called bidstats.uk forward slash tenders and then you could have the number that follows it which is forward slash 2021 forward slash w23 forward slash 752550337 and that itself would bring all the paperwork up and everything else on that and it's a public issue that was done for june 21 and they want it built to last till june 25 but i haven't seen any for any other city <laughs> which in itself is uh, excuse me but it's an, it's an it's one of those very strange things why that's are a they, long time. That's four years. Are they expecting some kind of um, resistance, potentially, that may get violent for some of their possible edicts that are coming down? Oh, we what? And they're just going to do uh, a sci-fi thing and slaughter everybody and scoop them up and shove them in buildings. Well, Nancy Pelosi um, was talking about wanting fully automatic machine guns overlooking uh, the uh, congressional buildings uh, when the quote-unquote, January 6th insurrection happened. She yeah, wanted I, automatic machine guns overlooking it. I seriously think there's a mental health problem within the uh, uh, American democracy. Oh, I couldn't agree Democratic more. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I could not agree more. You know, this was uh, this was sent yesterday. I don't know who posted this, but someone, one of the admins posted it in our channel. I don't know. Was it you? Was it, Did you post this? A uh, quote from uh, Henry Kissinger? Yeah, a quote from Henry Kissinger no. at the... Okay. Henry Kissinger said this. At a World Health Organization Council on Eugenics on February 25th in 2009, which Bruce brought up, that's right about the time that they changed the definition of what a pandemic is. It was right around that time. Mm -hmm. He stated the following at that conference. He said, once the herd accepts mandatory vaccinations, it's game over. They will accept anything, forcible blood or organ donation for the greater good. We can genetically modify children and sterilize them for the greater good. Control sheep's minds and you control the herd. Vaccine makers stand to make billions. And many of you in this room are investors. It's a big win-win. We thin out the herd and the herd pays us for extermination services. And clearly, you can see his quote right here out of the magazine. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, one thing he has got right. They've got to a point where, I mean, I haven't, I mean, I'm not looking down on anybody. I'm not looking up to anybody. But clearly, most people must see that the majority of populations are blindly accepting anything now. And they've got to a point where they'll just give it, well, that's the way it is. And that's it. And it, it's no good. It's not good. You've got to really think, have we stopped caring about our children? Just because you, you're thinking that's the way it is, or I, uh, I'm i not going to have a job if they don't do this. But think about what might happen. And if you feel like you're coerced and say, take something that's genetically created, that's created by man. Man has never created good medicines that don't really have some side effects. It's rare. They have got some vaccines, right? But it take, it's taken many, many years to get it right. The minimum time for trials is four and a half years. We are still in that. And that's what it feels like. It feels like they're going to keep this umbrella of a pandemic over our heads for four and a half years until they can say, well, it's verified now. And why would they keep it over our head for four and a half years? 
because the laws in the country say nobody can be held accountable while that umbrella of pandemic is up there. Yep, state of emergency. If they stop that umbrella now, yep. then from that date, the lawyers will start saying accountability if things are happening. So they've got this horrible vision that they're going to run this for another three years, and it's not nice. And if they're just going to run it just to see what's going to be the outcome of this unknown variable, which is the vaccine, which was designed, and it, like most of the vaccines that have been designed that way, have reacted to the next strain of viruses in a bad way or had some bad effect on people. They've done this worldwide and they're still pushing it. And it scares because I have offspring. I've got a daughter. I mean, she's not 18 yet, but she sat down with me and said, Dad, when I'm 18, do I get a choice or whatever? You've explained things to me. I said, you'll always have a choice, but don't make the choice on. I mean, schools at the moment, you'd think the one place that would be able to explain things without um, searching for the word discrimination is, is a poor word, but without, you know, doing it with a neutral point of view would be schools. They have things like society and ethics, and yet you can have teachers within the society and ethics backing up the vaccine when they should say, well, can we remain neutral on most subjects until it's proven one way or another? The schools are getting the kids vaccinated. Why have governments put that on schools to do? It should never come with it. If you want to be vaccinated, go to the hospital. Take the pro quo. Just government, take it on your shoulders and the people will go there if they want to. They've used the schools to, I mean, a child will go with, I mean, when, when you're a child, you, you get fed bits of information and they come back home to you and they go, do you know this? And do you know that? And that's what children do. And then you sit down and you speak to them and you go, well, yes or no, or what made you think that way or who come up with that? And because they get fed through their electronic devices, so much stuff, whether it's believable or not. So, but at school, they're being taught. So they're, they're taking the words of these teachers as right. And yet these teachers are forcing them down some really strange routes. I mean, before COVID, we had simple things as parents. Um, crikey, they're teaching them sex education very strongly at an early age or whatever. When do our children get a life of being a child and running around and having some fun? And aren't they being bombarded too much too early and things like that? We've got normal things that you're fighting all the time or having to talk to schools. About, and now they're using literally schools as a tool to coerce them into vaccination, even to the point where some of them have had school trips booked. And my daughter came back to me and goes, I've been told I might not be able to go on a school trip because I've not been vaccinated. I said, well, that's not right. I haven't seen anything about that. Oh, no, they've talked to us about it. And they said, don't tell your parents until we send them an email. Hang on, aren't they supposed to approach us first instead of worrying the children? I mean, where do your morals and ethics work, you know? That's true. Uh, so, some of the schools breakdown. in America, it is. No, I, I completely agree. I, I just like to throw this point in there, and and I want Bruce to, to weigh in on that. But um, I was reading something a couple of weeks ago where this school in the United States they were tricking people, or excuse me, they were tricking students into taking the jab. They were jabbing the these kids with the the COVID shot, which is it's not even authorized for that uh, for this age group. Uh, they were jabbing these kids, and then they were going home. The the parents were finding out. That they had been uh, that they had been jabbed, and they're like, "Oh, we didn't we didn't give permission for that." And they said, "Well, 
we were asked if we wanted to uh, uh, if we wanted to keep everybody safe. We we were asked if this is uh, if this is something that we wanted to do to help protect our friends and our family. They, they were they were tricking these poor kids into this. Isn't that abuse? Uh, that's that's uh, as far as I'm concerned with the numbers that we're seeing. I think that goes beyond abuse. That goes towards attempted murder, in my opinion. Well, if if there's if a child has a side effect, who is held accountable? Well, apparently no one. Uh, apparently no one, because oh. we're we're just we're out of control in these schools. We're out of control, as you said. We're out of control in the governments. We're out of control with these uh, uh, these four pharma companies that are doing this. I I, I just so under that premise. Under that premise, yeah. I mean, this is stretching it, but. They're stretching it as well because they made the decision. What's the difference between somebody coming in from outside with a different drug and then just jabbing all the kids and saying, well, I wanted them to be happy? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's just exactly one wanted them to be safe and they don't know the outcome. And the other one says, I want them to just be happy. And that and yet it's the same extreme. One would be locked up and put away and the teachers wouldn't. So you got a drug, a, a person that wants to use drugs and whether it's some heroin or whatever, and you got these kids on this. And yet if a teacher does it, it's okay. There's something seriously wrong there. Something, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's just mad. It couldn't have just been the teacher and all of this either, because you would have had to have a medical professional uh, that's Present. trained to do this. To administer it. No. To administer. No. no. And no, get no. access to. No, not anymore. Not anymore. I I agree that that's usually how it goes, but not anymore. Now they're just giving people training courses in jabbing people, and they're paying them to do it. They're they're training just people off the street, and you know they're so training how, them how to stick how a needle. So how did they get them. access? How did they get access to the vaccine? Um. Well, I I tell you what, I saw something today. Let me see if I can find this. This is yeah, I got it. I got it. So this is what's being sent to places down in Australia, right? This is an ad that's up, okay? Why you should become a vaccine provider. Now, this is something new. I've not seen anything like this before. This is something along the lines of what we were seeing with testing, right? Anybody could open up a testing place. We'll give you the tests and we'll pay you 1,250 pounds a day to do it. I mean, that's what people were being paid, 1,250 pounds a day to to test people. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. This one says why you should become a vaccine provider. Earning potential. You receive free vaccines, so they will just give them to you. So there's your there's your answered question, Bruce. That they'll just give them to you. You earn up to ninety dollars for a two to five minute injection. So when you sit somebody down, they'll pay you ninety bucks to jab somebody in the arm. So you wanted to know, maybe it's a program like this that we're unaware of. That's that's just my guess. It is. Yeah, yeah. In the in the the basically what I was getting at is. you, you would have had to have multiple people complicit in all of this, knowing full well this is it, it's illegal. That the, 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 like you have to have consent from the parent or guardian. So I, I don't I don't even know like how many students were there involved. That's how like the, I don't know the risks that the person took had to know that they weren't going to be charged or that they weren't going to be prosecuted. I mean, like, because that, that, that's... Who would like, have the power to be able to put that person's mind at rest that they would be able to do it? That's the problem. If there was somebody in a position... I'm, I must admit, the Australian point of view is scary when they come out quite openly on air saying, you will not have a job unless you're vaccinated. I mean, that is in itself going to create a massive two-tier system within their own country, if you think about in, it. It's happening in Italy today today that's yeah, it went into effect you're today. gonna have yeah but yeah but it creates a 
we're in charge. If you're vaccinated, you're the good boys. If you're not vaccinated, you're the bad boys and you're having nothing. I mean, how can you actually do that to your people? What if a family, one of the parents is vaccinated and one of them isn't? And several other people within the family, is it going to get to a point where you're not allowed to live with unvaccinated people? Yes. Or well, you're not allowed yes. To- <laughs> yes. And honestly, so I, th- you, I you think- will then, You will then go, you're not allowed to live with your husband yeah. or wife. And I think they'll take their kids away. I, I'm serious. I, I think that's where it goes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this this is totally scary. Um, you, did I hear? Did Metropolis. I tell you, did I tell scary you about, Big Brother. Oof. Did I did I tell you about Louisiana? Did, did I tell you about what no. what they're doing in Louisiana? There's a there's a health insurance provider in the state of Louisiana that said if you are vaccinated but your spouse is not, we're going to charge you. $100. We're going to take $100 out of each one of your paychecks. We're just going to garnish your wages if your spouse isn't vaccinated. Uh? Yeah. Yeah, even even though the spouse doesn't work there. It's just um, if your spouse is not. Yeah, but you can't do that. They're doing it. By law, no, 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 but if I'm correct, by law, if there's you get paid and if they want to make any changes to their pay, they have to send it to you in writing to begin with, not by mouth. Otherwise, they're breaking the law, and then it's got to be agreed to. Otherwise, it can be challenged in a court. And if they're going that way, I mean, this is people have gone power mad here. It's like let's find someone's finance department has come up with. Oh, they're vicious, aren't they? Finance departments. They're sitting there giving it. Hang on, I work for the finance department, and I actually don't produce anything other than it's my job to save the company money. So I'm a pointless bastard. And I don't do any good, really, other than for the company, which way. Hey, look what's happening here. Now, if we tell them this, we could save oh X amount of money and they'll like me for a while and I'll justify. I mean, it's demonic. It, it is, it's so wrong. It is just whoever's company has gone down his finance department, slapped the person and kicked them out because, I mean, that is just going to cause his people that work for him not want to work because if you upset the people at work now it's basically if you keep the people at work for you on a happy level and you treat them okay you're going to get 150 percent out of them if they want to be there they will work as hard as whatever if they're on the same standard of wow this is a pretty good place to be if you're going to go around chucking that at them they're going to get slower they're going to cause more problems to your company than that little nasty git down in finance has made you. I mean, this is stupid on stupid. I mean, it's a stupid sandwich with a stupid filling. It's just incredibly, oh, they but deserve the to is, be out of business, whoever that is. But the thing is, I, I'm not sure, because there's so many businesses that are doing this, there's so many governments that are going down this road, there's so many just countries in general or, or, or locations that are going down this road. They're they're looking at doing they're, they're looking at doing the same thing here in the states to where if you're not vaccinated you're fired. Um, we have mandates in place now that you know late October, late November businesses are going to start firing people because you're not vaccinated. And uh, Boeing, just on that note, Boeing, uh, you know, big major government contractor, Boeing. Boeing says uh, their employees they're gonna they're gonna stage walkouts. They're not going to go along with vaccine mandates. So they're going to join the Southwest uh, people and what they're doing. Sorry, which, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, no, that's fine. Every snippet. I mean, remember, I'm across the pond from you guys. I don't hear everything. 
or I hear it a long time after you guys. There's like, a different whatever. pond between us, Ned. There's this there's this country called France, and then there's that there's a channel or something that's that's right there. That, that's that, that's a, that's how far. I guess if this if we didn't have all this uh, all these ridiculous regulations and rules and stuff, I could actually be on a train and be in England within a few hours. I, I could actually do yeah, that. I know. Yeah, but, yeah, but Bruce can't. Yeah, I, I can't. Oh, but yeah, he can't even. Just, he can't even just, fly Boeing or Southwest. Once, <laughs> once they get, <laughs> once they get the Green New Deal in place, you can take a train over here, Bruce. That'd be fine. Yeah, it, yeah, be right. Fine. Yeah, I'll drive you. Right. <laughs> um, I wanna, yeah, assuming our, our scores are higher enough that we could uh, drive. Right. Mm. Well, I, you'd have to stop and charge the electric car. You know, as you get across, Bruce. Yeah, well, I got a clip here. Yeah. Uh, I got a clip here of your governor, uh, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, who Stitt. has said mm -hmm. he's yeah, he says he's going to sue the Biden administration over the vaccine mandates. So at least he's standing up. This is what he had to say. Hi, Governor Kevin Stitt here. I've heard from many Oklahomans who have concerns about President Biden's vaccine mandate for businesses. And I want to address those directly. This action is not just federal overreach. It's unconstitutional. I've talked this over with Attorney General John O'Connor, and I know he's on our side. He's ready to take President Biden to court the second the rules are made public. This administration has no respect for individual freedoms. I can't believe we have a president who wants to force Americans to choose between a vaccine and their job. The people this is affecting aren't just statistics. They're real Oklahomans with real concerns. They're brave nurses and caretakers. They're expecting mothers and fathers. They're first responders and brave law enforcement. Getting the vaccine is a personal choice, period. Listen, I got the vaccine after talking with my doctor because that was best for me. Many are choosing to do the same thing. In fact, over 71% of Oklahomans, 18 plus, have chosen to get the vaccine. And among our most vulnerable population, Oklahomans 65 and older, 93% have made the decision to receive the vaccine. We know the COVID vaccine is our best defense against severe illness, but static one-size-fits-all mandates simply do not fit the reality we're in today. In Oklahoma, cases and hospitalizations are down over 50%. As this virus evolves, so does the science and the treatments available, including natural immunity. That is one reason why, as I have stated before, I don't believe it's the government's job to dictate policies to private companies. Just as I believe Joe Biden can't tell businesses they have to mandate a vaccine, I don't believe the government should tell a company they can't. Businesses should have the freedom to make decisions based on their circumstances. When the government starts to pick winners and losers, we are headed down a slippery slope. I've heard from thousands of employees across the state who feel they've been dealt an unfair hand. Okay, you get the idea. I was uh, I was liking what he was saying until he started playing both sides of the uh, uh, the, the 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 agendas there. What what are your thoughts? He's, he, okay, he's he's a political point of view. He's fine. Uh, he, I get it. He's he's the governor. From my point of view, he did raise some good points. The biggest point is choice. That the freedoms of choice. That is the one thing that everybody's got to take from that. He okay. He's he's a governor. He's um, got to keep his political position, and at least he's speaking up for his constituents, which is something. Um, he has taken the middle road in some places, but the point is freedom of choice. And yeah, he's he's got it right. I mean, in all every state, not just his, 
you will have nurses, doctors, whatever, that will choose and won't want to take this vaccine, whatever their walk of life. And if the medical people choose not to, how can somebody that, like Dr. Biden, says you have to? It doesn't make sense. So he, his uh, perspective there, uh, I, I think the, the, the one that was most uh, probably not really egregious, but the one that stuck out the most was um, the idea that the businesses have their own choice. You know, if they want to do the mandate, that's their choice. And if they don't want to do the mandate, that, that's their choice. And the reason I say that's egregious is because the right here think that the, the businesses should not be able to do a mandate for the vaccine. My stance on it is the government cannot enforce a vaccine. They can't do that mandate. Technically, the state can, but when it comes down to uh, uh, the federal, they cannot. Now, a business, on the other hand, if they want to say you have to have a certain, you know, you, you, you have to be of a certain health standard, you have to uh, let's put it this way, because I've, I've used uh, th this business as an extreme example because it, it's an extreme example. Um, the, the business Hooters, right? We've talked about it before. They hire a certain type of person, uh, women that are attractive, specifically that that are well endowed. Um, that is a form of discrimination, right? Technically speaking, if I put a skirt on and want to get hired there, I'm not going to get hired there because I'm neither a woman nor am I attractive that's well endowed. Well, so, it's what you identify as, and you could sue them for discrimination if they don't hire you this day right. and age. But as crazy as is, the world is, you, I'm just I'm being facetious, of course, but you get yeah, the idea. You're not wrong, but traditionally speaking, uh, it's the business's choice. And when it comes down to vaccinations and those kind of things, if the business says, look, you have to be vaccinated, you have to be vaccinated. You don't like it if you're already an employee there and you don't like it. Uh, get the rest of your um, co-workers that don't like it and say, look, you know what? Screw you. If you're going to do it, we're all out. We're leaving. And uh, the business will cave to you if um, you get enough of you together. I mean, it, it, it's kind of the idea behind unions and those kind of things. So I'm OK with the business making that decision. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a free marketeer. If your business mandates a vaccine, and then all your workers quit and you're not able to produce a product, that means your business is going to collapse. Whereas the other business says, look, your own choice is a worker. If you want to have it, great. If you don't, great. I'm not going to fire you or whatever. Their business will continue. I mean, so it'll, it'll are we Are we going to have like, you know, like you get slogans for business. Are we going to have the, we only have vaccinated workers our product is clean yeah. Yeah. those people that yeah, oh, we are. they're not vaccinated <laughs> their yeah. product isn't clean we oh do, come on I mean, this is just yeah but this, this is i mean it's laughable it's, it's laughable. already here and, and they will go down that road it's already here some pathetic salesman will come up with that well I, i've already said it but no, it's already there. Salesman? Bruce is Bruce is no, saying it's, it's, it's already there. It's it's already here. We have businesses that are, for example, there's a restaurant in Texas that was uh, got limelight here recently because the city has a mask mandate, and they're like, "Look, you can't come into my business wearing a mask. I will throw you out." So that's what they did. You come in with a mask, you get thrown out. Cool. Uh, so. I mean, we we already have the left and right businesses. The left businesses are: if you're unvaccinated, you cannot eat indoors, and you have to eat outdoors wearing a mask. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, we 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 have that. And then if you're the on the right leaning business, they're like, we don't care 
if you want to come in and do business, do business, you know, you, and, and then on the extreme case, you have the one saying you cannot wear a mask in the business. Oh, good Lord. That's scary. The, America it's, it's is like, it's like split. USA's got bipolar. <laughs> it does. I, I well, mean, it's not it, just, seriously, it's, it's, it's not so just split. the US. It's not just the US. You can't no. even like where I'm at. You can't even sit outdoors anymore without taking a, 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 without having a clean PCR test or being vaccinated. Like they, They've got the, the vaccine stuff in here. You like all these all these rules and everything. And you can't do anything. I mean, nothing, nothing. Uh, do, do you know, I mean, the simple side effects. Yeah. Uh, my daughter decided that because we were in the city and she was doing ballroom dancing afterwards, she wanted to go 10 pin bowling. And, you know, normally when you go 10 pin bowling, they tell you you've got to take your shoes off and use bowling shoes. Right. Not anymore. If you've got shoes on that cover your toe, guard your toes, that's good enough. You don't have to have bowling shoes because obviously they don't want you to dirty their product or whatever. I don't unnecessarily. Bowling shoes and are they like have the, clean it. the most dirty thing it's like that's ever yeah. been out there. So, so they've got this, yeah. But you don't have to wear masks in the bowling alley. You can do lanes next to each other, which is great. And all all the um, machines that the kids use. I mean, I've I think every amusement arcade I've gone past, everybody's still using them. You know, got their hands and claws and their own money in it. They haven't stopped that. Um, and then you go across to a restaurant, which we hadn't done for a while because the last time we were in there years ago, it wasn't that brilliant. So we went over there, and it was really good. And nobody was wearing a mask inside, and you could sit outside. And I'm giving it yes, but they are still, although they've relaxed it and given you choice of wearing a mask or not now, they are still pushing the vaccine. And yeah. I still don't get it. It doesn't cure anything. If you're at risk, fine, it helps you. Like your governor got advice from his doctor and that's what he said. And that's why mm -hmm. he took it. Fine. Okay. If there's a medical, if it tips it in your favor because you're medically at risk, not a problem. If it's your choice, not a problem. But why are they still pushing it? It is just scary. Something actually, that has had a very short time of records yeah. of hideous side of it. Now, you, you were talking numbers, yeah? The yeah. last time I gave you numbers was up to June 21, and it was at least 11,000 and summit deaths in the US. And I think since then, they've gone 20. up to, yeah, we're, it was... We're over 20 now. Yeah, you're over 20, but issued publicly issued via the correct government what's the names the last time i looked it was between 15 and 16000 but then they're starting to add to it that not just the fatalities you haven't just got fatalities your actual numbers of permanently disabled people yeah, now or I've someone that has right had something and i think that exceeded 20,000 that just went above it that went way over the top it's literally right here that's, this is this is as of october 8th this is according to VAERS. this is the vaccine adverse re uh, events reporting Read system. Them out. so we're looking at 16,766 deaths uh, again they say yeah, that these are see, anywhere between close. yeah these are anywhere between 1 and 4% reported uh, of total oh uh, yeah yeah but we but if we go by their statistics as yeah. a minimum because yeah. they are 
Right. Then it's up to everybody else to get their own ideas. Correct. Into it, isn't Correct. it? Correct. Uh, Seventy-nine thousand six hundred sixty-nine hospitalizations. Eighty-nine thousand nine hundred twenty-three trips to the urgent care, which is like the emergency room places you can mm-hmm. go to little little clinics. Uh, one thousand, excuse me, one hundred twenty-four thousand three hundred ninety-eight doctor office visits. Seven thousand three hundred thirty-six cases of anaphylaxis. Nine thousand seven hundred eighty-seven cases of Bell's palsy. That's paralyzation of your face. Yeah. 2,508 miscarriages. Bill Gates will love that. 8,136 heart attacks. 9,470 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis. 24,805 permanently disabled people. Yeah, 3,735 right? yeah. yeah. uh, low platelet counts. 18,239 life-threatening cases. 31,196 severe allergic reactions, and 9,472 cases of the shingles. How on earth is this still continuing? Yeah, well, the the numbers, okay, so you've got those going to hospital, those having side effects, which are quite mass numbers, and a lot of people, it shows a lot of people are getting over it or seem to be, right? But then if you take these as minimums, you've got between sixteen to 17,000 fatalities, and then you've got twenty four to 25,000 permanent disabilities. I mean, in some cases, they probably feel like they're better off dead. So you're talking somewhere between forty to 50,000 people. And that is not acceptable. And that's on the worst side of it. And then you've got hundreds of thousands of side effects. I mean, yeah. well, and somebody has you a heart this, attack. You see this graph here? This is a line from 1990. I know that obviously the listener can't see this. This is a graph from 1990 to 2021. 2020, 2021, and you see where that needle goes. It's flatlined. Oh, yeah, it peaks up. It is, oh, yeah, it is no. flatlined. The, like the, the cases of VAERS, it is flatlined until you get to 2002, uh, 2020, 2021, and it is vertical. It is off the charts. I mean, if somebody actually stood up and said something honestly and said, this vaccine has killed more people than any other vaccine produced, and they're still pushing it, um, it just beggars belief. Yeah, I want to play something for you. Uh, this is from the other day. I, I want to play this for you. This is Dr. Peter McCullough talking about this uh, and talking about all these cases. Listen to this. What happened? Well, we now know that this early safety warning in this peer review publication from Jessica Rose clearly failed. Look how high those mortality numbers were by April. It clearly failed. We had Americans dying at after vaccination. It was obvious. This is an obvious data signal. This is obvious. All experts agree it's obvious. Now, as of September uh, 24th, it's raced up to 15,937 Americans have died. Over 250,000 Americans after the vaccine have been hospitalized, gone to their urgent care or office visits. You can see the temporal relationship on the bottom bar graph. You can see that sharp spike upwards. Sadly, we have over 20,000 Americans that the CDC tells us are permanently disabled after the vaccine. That's bigger than some major cancer groups. That's bigger than some major cancer groups. The disability that we are going to see due to these vaccines will go down in history as an unbelievable atrocity. I made a presentation uh, to the... um, Uh, to the Heritage Foundation in Washington that provides a lot of oversight uh, to the House and the Senate, as well as the agencies. And I made this presentation. You could hear a pin drop when I was done. Pin drop. 
And finally, one of the former presidents of the American Medical Association said, Dr. McCullough, we have the biggest biological catastrophe on our hands in human history with a medicinal product, and we've had two administrations buy into it. We've had two, all the houses of legislation buy into it. We have the entire medical established buy into it, and the whole media, and no one knows how to stop it. No one knows how to stop this freight train, and we're all witnessing it right now. That was his take on the VAERS report that we literally just looked at. And the one thing that we've been saying all the way down the line is choice. Take your lives back. Choice is the only way. Yes. And do you know what that creates? It was due to medical dependency that they used the vaccine as an excuse. And now it has furthered the medical dependency because of your pandemic laws and our pandemic laws and Europe's pandemic laws that says nobody can be held accountable during a pandemic for death or otherwise because it's a pandemic and that umbrella's up there. If you think about it, you have now got millions upon millions of people on a worldwide scale that are now medically dependent after the vaccine and probably for the rest of their lives that wouldn't have been. So hang on. That's scary. So who's got the more biggest biggest stranglehold on everybody now? So you, you've just got to take it back. Somehow, somehow, they've done it. Some, everyone that says, no, pull back, let's just wait. Let's just not push it anymore. I mean, everybody, it is, the answer is, how, how do we stop it? You just stop it. Somebody, the stewards of the countries, the servants of the public, stand up and say, whoa, no more. Let's just stop it. And that's simple as that. How do we stop this freight train? Well, actually, you just put the brakes on yeah, like any up. other train. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody but, has to grow up and take the choice. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. But the problem with that is what I spoke on yesterday. I know you probably didn't hear it. But uh, what I said yesterday was we don't have one person outside of maybe a couple that are standing up. Anyone that does stand up in the body politic, whatever that might be, any of the any of these stewards of the countries you're talking about, anybody that does stand up, yeah, yeah, they get they get shut down, they get uh, banned, they get shut up, they get ostracized, they get removed. Mm. That's what happens. It's it's incredible. It's suicidal to say the least. Because for every, I mean, look at it. We are a species. Everything on this planet, if you look at it like that from the beginning and people have their ideas about trees and they, all the limbs go off in different directions as the different animals and creatures and species went their own way and whatever. But we're so damn close to each other genetically. We're not that far apart. and Everything is linked together and we're committing suicide because nature, although it takes a lot longer than anything else, has found ways to actually keep us alive naturally we have a brilliant year i mean we've been around for a long time and whether we knew it or not we have come up against all manner of thing and our immune systems have naturally progressed the only thing that seems to be able to knock us off our feet is man-made it's either chemical medicinal which generally has a side effect not all we've have done some wonderful things and counteracted some, let's say, some viruses and nasty diseases out there, which have usually occurred because of our bad habits or the way we lived in masses and stuff like that, which in some way has been our own creation, and we've managed to counteract them. Yeah, 
we've managed to see it that way. But there's been some really good people that have done that. But now it's like it's a tool that has been totally abused. We have swung the pendulum past the null point of sensibility way out. And it's still going into disbelief because this is just leading to suicide. Because if somebody in their own altruistic way sees this as a way of cutting the population down, they could do irreparable damage. I think... Because it's mad. Yeah, I, I, I think in that respect, I, I, I really truly believe that the ones that are doing this, they really don't know what they're doing at this point. I think that they are so disconnected that they don't understand. For, for example, they believe... Uh, let's just go with this whole idea of this uh, Klaus Schwab and Great Reset thing. Okay, just for the sake of argument, let's just say that that's what they want, right? Well, that future... That future that they're painting, you know, the whole you'll own nothing and be happy about it, blah, blah, blah. But you'll be the giant underclass that's dependent on what the elites uh, give to you. Isn't that right? That's that's the idea is is that's what it is. You're, you're creating that two tier society. You got this giant thrall of dependent underclass and then you've got a few elite at the top. They believe that they're going to be jet setting around all over the planet in their luxury playgrounds. Right. That's that's what they believe. But. How are they actually going to do that? For example, let's look at Boeing, right? I mentioned Boeing earlier. The Boeing employees are ready to walk. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever uh, met. Uh, well, <laughs> I think we all know somebody who's an aircraft engineer, don't we? But when you get people in this particular line of work, they're not replaceable. You you can't just replace somebody with that skill set. And, and especially if you're going to have mass firings of these people, how are you going to have these massive, lavish luxury playgrounds if you're an elite, but you're getting rid of all the people and making them irrelevant and killing off all the people that are going to service your aircraft. That, that makes no sense to me. It's the same thing with these luxury cars that they uh, that they drive their, their fat, slobbery, cowardly behinds in uh, everywhere. You're going to kill off all the people that service your cars as well. How are you going to do? You, you know what you he's going to create? He, he, you're going to, because basically, if you get such a tier system, yeah, such as I've got all this, you're not entitled to it or whatever. You're going to have people working for you. You're going to have to screen them, have such tight security. You're actually going to have to live in a life of isolationism and total deniability and paranoia. Yeah. And it's it's not in itself creating a good ideal life. It, I mean, their mental state is going to make them even more removed. and. The people that they employ will laugh at the mad bastard above them and there will be so many people and there will be people to do the work. And as long as they get paid and they have whatever, they will find a certain amount. But there will always be somebody there that might just think, well, that plane's going to fall out of the sky sometime and they might do something naughty or whatever. Or they, But you cannot, when you create a structure with such a divide, you will have underlying rage somewhere along the line and it's not good it's not good the ideal world the ideal business is like i said before you could have people working for you keep them happy work with them and your business will thrive it doesn't take much i mean they've already known that because the way they've manipulated the public and everything there's a lot of people especially because we've got a large population because there are yeah a lack of jobs and countries have created so many desk jobs and an endless paper bureaucracy that in turn has 
made a lot of people medically dependent because they don't move and their way of life from desk to home to desk to home hasn't helped. But they know that these people, to keep them happy, they'll go to work, they'll go back as long as they've got their homes, their luxuries, their social life, whatever, it can work. And they'll return to work happy. What has made them change their mind that they really need to tell, turn everybody into a mindless idiot or cattle to make it work? Because it won't. It can't. I mean, I don't even get where that idea is coming from. I, I think mean, it shows. I think ooh. it shows their insanity. I, I think it's as as we get further into this. I mean, I, I'm just looking at it from from my perspective as best as as I understand it. I'm looking at it from a historical perspective. I make the uh, and I've Bruce, you know, I've talked about this before. I make the the reference back to in modern history. You can look at what happened in the final days of the Nazis. You can compare that to what these people are behaving like. You have a long held establishment that's been in power. And they were weakened. They were weakened, not not just by Donald Trump. I'm not, I'm not going to go there right now, but I'm going to go back further than that by the populist movement itself. And I'm talking about the populist movement that started in Europe because of the refugee crisis long before Trump was even considering to be on the scene. That's what started this whole populist movement. So with that, that's a long held power establishment that saw a populist awakening saying, uh, hang on a minute, we're going to get uh we're going to get our populations changed out. Uh, we're not too happy about this. And it's been a slow progression of degeneracy ever since. When you have a group of people that have been in power for so long and they get weakened, you were starting to see the cracks in the system. Not only did the populist movement emerge, you guys latched onto that. You had Brexit. Yeah, you left or supposedly. Then the United States, we had our chance. We voted for Donald Trump. Now, it doesn't matter whether or not it's Donald Trump, it's the idea that he represents. It was a guy that came along that stuck it to the system. That's what people liked. It wasn't Donald Trump. Trump Donald Trump's just a manifestation of people's anger. Oh yeah. The idea. Oh yeah. The idea that's there. Now they're just they're to the point where when they get to this level of where they are and they've been on they've been in power so long and they've been in power since the end of the war, right? They they've been in power and now they're losing it. They're at the end and they're losing it. They should have been torched back in 2008 with a, the financial crisis. They should have gone away. All that should have been burned out, but it wasn't. We bailed it out instead of burning it out. So we actually shouldn't be here. But with the power structure, it's always this way. Every time in history, when you get them to a point where they're failing and they're at the end of their life, politically and, and everything else, when they're at the end of their life, then they start to get into this insane frenzy of just hatred, fear, and paranoia, which is what you're talking about. It causes them to go into that stage of uh, of, of a type of isolation where they just they're, they're just overcome by their own fanaticism. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Looking from it from our point of view over here, and the biggest problem you've got worldwide at the moment is no media coverage of other countries. It's just boring rhetoric. And there's no yeah. real worldwide news on the national news systems anymore. Yeah, each but, country's yeah, been cut we off. Had, we, we had Brexit. Why? Because we were pissed. We were pissed at what was going on. And everyone went, okay, fine. I mean, whether I voted for it or not, fine. And I went, crikey, well, that's one of the books. They voted to get out now. And then the first thing I thought was, well, if you're going to be apart from everything, it could be a good thing because then you've got to be elitist. You've got to really get it and change everything for your kids. And then Donald Trump got nominated. And like the rest of the world, initially, it was all rhetoric of Donald Trump's this, Donald Trump's that, ha ha, he's got a toupee, this, that, whatever, take the piss out of the way he speaks and how he treats women. And it, the rhetoric was going around. But then it was a point of, hang on, let's look at this bloke. 
And then I looked and I thought, my God, he's actually changing things. He's actually doing things. Yeah. Socially, he comes across as inept, a total pain in the ass, somebody that doesn't get on with what, but that's what he comes across as. But if you look into what he's done, and even a lot of people higher up, actually, after he'd been there a year or two, looked back on him and went, yeah, he's done a lot, especially for uh, immigrant workers and everything, because America is, America is built on them. And down on your border to Mexico, yeah, this this wall or whatever, yeah, it, it initially sounded like, hey, America's walling himself off from the world. What are they doing? But no, there is a problem. There was a problem. And he, he wasn't saying that nobody was coming in. He said everybody's going to, that wall's there to make sure they get vetted. It was a control mechanism. It had got that bad that somebody built a wall and then he created jobs. He created the pipeline. He actually made you guys, whether it was fracking or whatever, you were becoming self-sufficient. Now, initially, everybody went, whoa, Britain's done this. Crazy bastards. Hang on. The Yanks are even worse. They always go better. They've gone crazier. But that crazy move actually was a tipping point where certain people in the world went, this guy's making it work. And I am a great believer that that accelerated somebody else's program. So here's a bloke who's come along that everybody has treated on an international basis as an idiot to some respect, but he's not. He turns out to be good for his country. He stabilizes anything, everything. He's getting them to go self-sufficient and that brings all your fuel down and that. And actually he gets to a point where internationally, all these countries such as North Korea, Iran, and everything go quiet. And you've got a form of stability. And hang on, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, something gets triggered and we have mm -hmm. this major event. Yeah. They, somebody, somewhere, it feels like if you want to go down the conspiracy level, up the game. He's got to go because we can't have stability. We well, need chaos. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, I, I mean, to go along with all that stuff, I mean, the Abraham Accords, he was broken, brokering the deal with Israel and the, the peace deal and everything else. There was actually starting to be a real movement for peace in the, in the Middle East for the first time in my lifetime that that was actually going to happen. But here, here's the other side of it. I, and I, I, I get what you're saying because I saw all those things too. But I'm looking at this side of it as well. I'm looking at this Operation Warp Speed garbage. Okay, we're dealing with all of this in the world today with all this vaccine crap because he cut all the red tape and allowed these people to run hog wild with it. That's why we're dealing with all this stuff. I blame him for that. I I'm sorry, I do. And he's still out there promoting it. He is still out there promoting it. He won't even come out and say, look, I'm sorry, I was misled on this whole thing. I had no idea what these people were going to do. People are out there dying because of this. I hold that guy personally responsible for this. I get that. I get yeah, that. But but this is the freight train that's in use. Yeah. What you've got to understand is the question is, what can get every government, every person of power in the world to go behind the same banner? Who the hell has got the strength to turn them into mindless fools? You've got a man there that's bringing his country in line and now they've gone bang. And he's followed this. All of a sudden, he's changed tack. And you blame him for it because he's gone down something. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, blame him. He's done that. He's agreed to something. And to be a businessman of any stature, 
you must be able to see the future of your business or how the trends go. And for some reason, he came on board this, but who's got the power to do that? And then after that, he's ousted, ditched, and in comes Dr. Biden, the puppet of no mean intellect. Because, sorry, I do not, that, he's, he might as well be a cardboard cutout. Because even from day one, sitting over here, I mean, he's not my president. He's used to mess your country up. He, I mean, I mean, I don't know who's got their hand up his ass as a puppet, but they're not actually doing the mouth workings good enough. There's a hand puppet with dementia there, and it's not very clever. And it's, it's, no, but it's, it's laughable. It's, it's such an extreme. It's laughable and very scary, to tell you the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Bruce, did you have it? Because what ha- what happens? Yeah, sorry, go for so, it. Yeah, so uh, let me let me pose an idea. There there was an argument I heard yesterday, and I, I I thought it was an interesting interesting take for America specifically. Okay, so uh, let's throw back America. Uh, we just elected our first president. Washington's in. Fast forward about seventy years. What happened? Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. It changed the makeup of America or, or the it, like there was a change amongst the people and everything. Right. It was, it was a shakeup. What happened 70 years after that? World War Two and America became a superpower. It was another shift, another change uh, as far as how the American people seen themselves, how they interacted with themselves and how the world seen them. Right. It was another shakeup. If that trend continues, if that trend is supposed to be. You know, if that's a, a cycle, a 70 year itch, we're, we're, we're at 70 years. We're past yeah. 70 we've years. Got, we've got the 70 year itch. Yeah. yeah. So marriages yeah. have a seven year itch. America yeah. has a 70 year itch. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if that trend is accurate and correct, we're at the 70 year mark, which technically we're at 90 years now, I think, um, or, or close to that. You're overdue. We're overdue. And technically it should have happened in, in uh, the early 2000s. Which technically you could kind of say that the process begun because uh, America was, if you look at before 2000, right, America was pretty much 1980s ish. Like we still had the freedoms. Yeah, we had our problems, you know, with uh, the drugs and stuff. It was cocaine at the time. And, you know, those, you know, yeah, we, we had problems, but more or less things were good. The worst that happened was. Uh, a president got a little, had a little funny business with the cigar. I mean, that was the worst that was happening as far as, as what we were being told, if you will. Then 9-11 happened. Then it was a uh, Patriot Act. We're going to war. We've been in war for 20 years. We're going after terrorism. And things started shifting and our, our internal image changed. Now it, it, it became uh, racism. It became uh, the social justice nonsense. It became uh, canceling people. It became transgenderism. It, it, it started changing all these different ideas. Now we're reaching ahead. And now it's at a point to where you have the classic liberals are like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, we want to have freedom. We want to have freedom of choice. And then you have the other side saying basically authoritarianism, either you conform to what we say or you're thrown out, you know, you're, you're exiled. You don't get to exist in our society. Uh, so maybe what, what if, what if all of this is happening is nothing more than just a 70 year cycle that we're seeing. That's a, 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 a shift and it's just kind of bleeding off into the, the rest of the world at this point, because America is the world superpower right now. We weren't before. I think 
the trouble is it, it it's a bit it's a bit more than that. it goes a lot deeper than that because there's there's been an agenda for a long time i mean a very long time and you talk about your 70 year itches if you look below it i mean the human race is no matter what happens we get you know we become cultists we become extremists and usually when we have we have a need to believe in something um the as a as a race we haven't grown up past that the only way to grow up past that is to basically have acceptance on one level as in accept everybody live okay make sure everyone's got a decent life and get on with it otherwise we go to our darker side and we create ideals things when we're not happy we can go to some hideous extremes individually we can become great leaders but then we can become great leaders on the wrong side as well and our history shows that there are orders cults whatever underlying things that have sent ripples through the ages and some of them are probably still there we don't have to actually be there's a saying that says you can't choose your family but you can choose your friends but there's also something should be added to that. We can always choose a new family and we're good at that. We're good at accepting other people with the same ideals as our family. And if you get that sort of institution, that institution can last through generation because we're so good at brainwashing each other one way or another. And we've got to be able to see through this because at the moment we have been totally brainwashed with, hey, you have no choice, accept this. What? Why? Do we believe we have no choice? Okay, if somebody says you'll be out of a job, challenge it through the courts, through whatever, just challenge it. Challenge it one way or another, yeah? Because you're not going to die tomorrow because you've made that choice. It's a very hard choice. But yeah, if anybody wants to know, I haven't taken the vaccine and I have no intention of doing it, yeah? Because it's not tested. It's got these numbers are getting worse and worse and worse. And it's, I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to have a child, uh, have another child and pass, uh, you know, and I want to make sure it's okay. But I have an existing child. And the scary thing is I've got to allow by my own ethics that when that child is a young adult of 18, that she can make her own choice. And that is only four years down the line. And if this sort of madness is still going on, she might feel coerced that she has to do it if she wants to have a life. I mean, for God's sake, why do people have to be vaccinated to be allowed to go into a nightclub in some places? It's control. I mean, that's a bit, yeah. It's that's insane. a bit much though, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, insane. It's saying you're not, you're not allowed to have any social gathering outside of, say, if you want to meet up with your family or friends out in the, out in the wild. If you want to actually have any existence within the city system or town system, you're going to have to be vaccinated. Why? Because they say so. Why? It, it, yeah, exactly. And we're That's accepting it, it. That's all it is. Well, it's it's Russian roulette is what it is. You're literally spinning the dial and and taking a uh, taking a chance. But uh, I I don't uh, I, I don't see why this is even like I, I I mean I agree with you, but I don't I don't even see why this is a a thing. And I'm like, what I, I can't go into uh, I can't go into a home improvement store. I can't go buy a two by four. Now, how stupid is that? How exactly. fucking stupid is that? 
I, I can't so you go take in. somebody you take somebody that's vaccinated, you order the stuff, and they pay for it for you. you it's completely it. ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. You can't, and I'm serious, you can't even, where I am, you can't even sit down in a cafe outside. I can walk past the cafe of 150 people. I can walk past that, but I can't sit down there, and I can't order something outside. How ridiculous is that? And that's, that's when no one else is there. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. That that shows that shows exactly what you just said. That shows who these people really are. They are the segregationists. They are the dividers. They're not uniters. They're they're not they're not progressive. They're regressive. They're tyrants. I must. They're fools. They're cowards. I did go into a coffee shop. I'm not going to name it. And I went in with my daughter. Uh, Actually. I let my daughter go in while I was, because it was in part of a supermarket chain. And I said, I'm just, you go up there, order yourself something, and I will just go and go and buy something off the shelf downstairs and did that. And then I went and walked in, yeah, to get my daughter. We were sitting down and I went over and sat with her. And this gentleman came over and said, "Um, did you do the NHS app or whatever? And I went, no, I haven't got it on my phone. He says, well, um, what about a mask? I said, don't have to wear one because you don't have to wear one anymore. Um, okay. And I said, and I said, she doesn't have to either. And he went, oh, whatever. And I said, well, we can't have you. I said, yes, you can have me in your establishment. She's here. I'm here. If you want to write down my details, go get yourself a piece of paper and a pen. Other than that, go away. And that was a couple of months ago. If I go into that coffee shop now, anyone can wear a mask, anyone or whatever. I don't know whether because I said something and there was a lot of people just looking and staring and whatever, but now nobody wears one there and it's all calm and people are speaking and everyone's happy. But the thing is, it is the naughty dog thing. I felt for him because he was just doing his job. I actually felt guilty afterwards because he's been given his details. He's only making coffee and he's been told what should happen. And that's how they've got everything. You've got to enforce this, enforce that, whatever, but it's not the right thing to do. It's not the right thing. It's not needed. Those masks don't actually do anything. You don't have to wear a mask walking into a place if you're going to sit down at the table and then salivate over food anyway. Oh, well, now the virus knows. The virus knows if you're, if you're eating, it's going to pass right over top of you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's going to change the size of its molecules to fit yeah. the mask and not yeah. the mask. Yes. Ah, oh, yes. yeah. You, you didn't, you didn't I know that? I forgot about that. It's, no, it's very kind. It's a very kind virus. Yeah, it is. It actually works with us. I, uh, yeah, I saw this. It, it works with it. The virus has a political agenda. You didn't know? Yeah, it had, it, it's, it has a political bias. Um, I saw this. Uh, this is actually from your UK government website. They're actually saying, and this, this is where I think that people are going to get blindsided. You've got a little bit of relief now, right? What was happening in London before all of that relief? You had people showing up every week, didn't you? Out in front of number 10, out in front of Westminster, wanting those politicians dragged out of there by their coattails, weren't they? You had a million people in London, yeah, every other week, ready to hold those people to account. They were throwing tennis balls over the gates at Westminster, if you remember. They were down there in front of Boris's door at number 10, right? They've stepped back a little bit. They've let off some of that pressure from the pressure cooker. But I think you guys are about to get blindsided right before Christmas. From the UK government's website, it says that businesses can continue to accept people who self-declare that they are medically exempt until mid-December 2021, from which point they have to use the NHS COVID pass 
to gain entry in the same way that people who are fully vaccinated do. Your NHS COVID pass will not show that you have a medical exemption. And then, of course, it gives you instructions on where to go to get the NHS COVID pass app. So I, again, I think you guys are about to be blindsided. That's just my guess. That's my call looking at your government's own website and their own words. Maybe they want to stick a load of guns on Westminster and that's what those buildings are for, eh? Maybe. I don't know. Our, tem our temporary body storage. I, I'm just saying, uh, that is, that they is, wanted the protest to go way. away. They, they wanted the protest to go away. So they backed off and the protest went away, didn't they? That was the response. Yeah. You don't see people out there in London anymore, do you? No. Nope. They'll be back. Then. They'll be back as soon as this trouble comes is, in. The trouble is... It's, it's the way, isn't it? Implement it, people come out. Implement something, people come out. What they got to do is, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, that was nice seeing that man stand up on that seminar mm -hmm. and say, we've got to stop this. How do we stop this freight train? We grow up and say, stop. We've just got to stop the whole thing. Even if it's for a period of time, it just makes sense to say, let's just back off. Stop it for a while. Keep your freight train over there in case it's needed. And let's just stop and see what happens for two or three years because it's not tested and we can really be making a hellishly big blunder. And no matter what happens, if you segregate the human race into uh, two tiers or more, nature will create its own thing eventually, no matter what. There will be changes in one or the other. Isolation generally doesn't keep you healthy. And those if there are people behind this running it in their paranoid little worlds, are going to have to keep themselves isolated. Yeah, they're going to have to. And they will die out mentally and physically eventually. The price that everybody else has to pay is scary. It is. It is. And I mean, just just like and I was saying this, um, I was saying this a couple of years ago before all this even started. I said, no bunker is going to save them. I mean, if you thought Nazi hunting was was a thing, wait till you see us go after these people. I mean, we will hunt these people down. We will cuff them up and we will drag them before a court and they will be made to answer for this. It will happen. Now, as to what form that's going to take and how long that's going to take, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. But one thing's for sure. Sooner or later, these people will go on the run once people have finally had enough. They will be hunted. They, they will be hunted and they will be brought to justice. I mean, who? Who has had the job, if they have been honest about it, to go to those fifteen to 16,000 people in America and say, hey, you might have been healthy beforehand. Thank you for taking the vaccine. I know you've lost your partner or someone's died. We're very truly sorry, but it was a risk, a justifiable risk. No, you can get, I would like to know somehow down the line of how many of those nearly 16,000 people or more were actually in a fairly good state of health before they took the vaccine and they copped it. I mean, how do you justify that to yourself? I mean, how can someone know, fully knowingly given a vac? I mean, how do we get to a state of mind where... We're giving this at something medically willy-nilly out where we know there's a percentage chance, and it's not a small percentage as they thought it was. That it's a high percentage that you might have a side effect. You might well get over it. There's a percentage chance which isn't so small anymore that you might die from it. There's a higher percentage chance that you might be permanently disabled than die. But somewhere along the line, I mean, it's, it's, it, we, we did the figures last time, and a side effect is 1 in 38. That is far too high. And that's this country. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, 
ethically and morally, we have got to take a breath. Someone's got to put these brakes on. And if it means, yeah, I can't, I am denied, allowed to go certain places or whatever because I'm not vaccinated, well, I will keep my freedom as long as I can and I'll go where I can. And I was might cause a bit of an incident when I want to go somewhere. But no, I don't want to be vaccinated. I really don't. Not while I, I'm in good health. Uh, yeah, there's no there's no medical reason for that. And to be quite honest with you, I mean, I was listening to a doctor last night talk about this particular thing, and they, they had a question that was posed to them. And someone, one of their patients asked, uh, or a potential patient rather, I guess, asked, obviously not the COVID uh, shot, but if you were to recommend any vaccinations at the moment, uh, what would they be? Because obviously there's other things out there. And the answer that the doctor gave was clear. Until we do exactly what you're talking about, Ned, until we can put the brakes on this thing and we can get on the other side of it, there needs to be a complete moratorium on anything that you take from these people. Because now they're saying that, and I'm serious, now they're saying that all vaccines going forward are all going to be mRNA. They're not going back to the uh, to the old way of the attenuated uh, things. So um, this is but it's a, not a vaccine. I, I understand. I understand. But this is what they're saying. This is what they're saying to people. This is what they're telling everyone. So, like I said, until until the brakes are pulled on this runaway freight train and we start coughing some of these people up, I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, stay away from these people. And I'm talking about the, the, the hospitals that they're firing all the people that won't comply. They're filling all the people in the hospitals that will comply. Stay away from these people. If what we just saw out of Australia is any indication, you don't even have to be a medical professional. They can just hire some, I don't know, some drug addict off the street and give them free vaccine vials and pay $90 to shoot someone in the arm for two minutes. And they'll give you the, they'll give you the, the, the free vials. Stay away from these people. No, it's, it, it, it's a very scary way. This is, this is all being done. It's just, it, it, it's unimaginably stupid. It, it is, mean, but this where, is what happens. Where, I mean, intelligence, intelligence is no good without common sense. Altruism charged by just pure know-how of intelligence and, well, we could do this, but without the, well, maybe we shouldn't, or maybe we should look into it. What could be the side effects? That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Hang on. And when we we could do anything, we could we could do this, we could do this. And when they're just down that myopic idealism, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And if they've got the money, the know-how, and the control to do what they want, it can lead anywhere at the expense of the mice and rats that we are, because that's what it feels like. It feels like we are going to be like those strains of genetically changed mice that get experimented on and rats that are clever that get tested and played with because this has still got at least three years, four years before you know really the sort of outcome that's going to happen and all the side effects. It hasn't finished yet. This this spike protein, this mRNA, this ADE effects, this antibody-dependent vaccine that was designed for the alpha and not for the strains after it that could have you going into hyperdrive against those and causing your own cells to break down and all these medical reports. And this is happening and could get worse, we're told. And the unknown is not for at least a minimum of three, four years. Yeah, it's time to put the brakes on because, I mean, I'm sorry, but whether I'm related to them 
distant, far or whatever. I don't want anybody else to die from this. This is just getting mindlessly stupid. And it makes you wonder exactly what the real numbers are. And I, I'm be honest with you, I'm not sure we'll ever know. But we do oh, know one thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. They're the reported ones. Exactly. But we we do know we do know one thing. And and I I wholeheartedly believe this. They're getting to a point now at this moment. Uh, if you look at what's happening now, they're threatening people's jobs. Right? They're going to put people out of work. That's going to cause supply chain disruptions. It's going to cause shortages. They need something else to hide the death numbers that they can no longer hide. I don't know if you caught this, but they're now getting reports out of the U.S. where airline pilots who have been jabbed are dying in flight while they're flying the plane. And, and I, I mean, I, I wish I was joking about that. I wish I was joking about that. I haven't heard that one yet. Well, four British Airways pl- uh, pilots actually actually died. Uh, just a couple. Actually, that, that was about a month and a half ago. We read about that. Four of them took the jab. All four of them were dead within two weeks. Not good though, is it? No. And, and, and you see, the biggest. I think. I think one of the major major problems with the human race at the moment is you see, you, if you everybody, well, the majority of people have a very high stressed life because it's compressed because they have to do. A, B, C, D, whatever, come back, do this. And I have very little time to unwind before it's the next day. And then even at weekends, because they're forced into a cycle of, hang on, I'll leave that to the weekend and I've got to get everything done by Monday and then it's off. Tick tock, tick tock. So they're at a very high level or even if they don't feel it. But that stress is running like a continuous ripple throughout the populations. And then when it gets a bit much, you get breakdowns or whatever. And stress is a massive killer. Stress, stress can do all manner of things to your metabolism. I mean, in the forces, I've had people come out, depending on where we were going, what situation we were going in. And I've had them shipped off because, I mean, to the extreme where somebody was suffering from leg ulcers, their, their skin was creating ulcers. It was, their body was, uh, they were just falling to bits mentally. And uh, I went, whoa. You know, so and, and you see this, and that is what happens. We the state of our minds does affect everything. And if you're there already, and then somebody slaps something inside you, which can have an effect, a side effect, or whatever. And depending on the state you're in, whether you think you're healthy or not, you might not be, because you're running a high stress level life, and you're going to swing this. And I would say, mm-hmm, airline pilots, they probably live quite at a high level of stress unknowingly they got to fly a plane they got to manage it all they got to land it um uh, however they're they've got to get back to their wife or they got a spouse or they got this they got to play hard somewhere and have a bit of a life when they land and then they got to catch the next plane and they've got to go through hoops and do this they might not know it but they're probably living at a fairly high level of stress and everything's on a teeter-totter and it depends where they are and in that hyperbola sort of waveform that's going up and down is whether this vaccine probably has a different effect on you. And I reckon, yeah, and our high-stress society, no, this is not good for it. This is definitely not good for it at all. It's, it, is a form, it is a form of suicide. It's mass suicide. From our point of view, or my point of view, should I say, I see it. it's suicidal taking an unknown drug, yeah? An unknown quantity when you're healthy. That's my point of view. Everybody else? can have their point of view. I don't mind. I am not going to call them idiots for taking it. That's their choice. But choice should be there. 
from the other point of view that people are enforcing this and keeping that pandemic umbrella up is genocide. Because if you think about it, how many people do you have to kill or get killed under your instruction to have it called genocide? So how many, I mean, you say 16,000 people in America, you've got a greater number permanently disabled. Forget all the other side effects that people might crawl out from under. Think of that as a world population. And you've got hundreds of thousands of people, if not more. Who is going to stand up and say, well, they died under my directive? Who's got the backbone to take the responsibility? The hospitals are getting paid massive amounts of hush money. That we know. So they're compromised. They're complicit. They're going along with it. You're certainly not going to get anybody in the alphabet agencies. You know, the CDC, (laughs) the FDA, you know, any of these. You're not going to get them. It's just incredible. When when do we when do we call ourselves a caring society and stop caring? I think I think you're asking when did we stop? Yeah. When did we stop? When did we stop? I think that we stopped when people started picking up these things in mass. That's what I think. When people started picking up smartphones and probably everyone started getting addicted to social media and 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 this. This idea that uh, we're going to be concerned about what everybody else is doing and everybody was brought into this idea of group think, that same system has put, along with the media, that same system has put everyone in the state of mass psychosis. That's my guess. I I agree. I agree. That's my guess. And it it is quite scary when you think that the idea of social media, when it's out there, if you are on a social media platform, one of the big ones, they reckon over a short period of time, they have, due to your likes, dislikes, or whatever, they have something like five to 6,000 different points of approach to an individual that they can actually manipulate if they wanted to, that individual, the direction. That is scary. It is. It is. All right. We're going to have to call this one done. We've been here for... <laughs> Been here for about an, almost two hours, uh, but we'll we'll All cut right. this one down. Yeah, no, it's no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, that that's the beauty of these things. We don't get you that often, so I mean, we'll we'll get some extra time. Uh, I I guess I I mean I, I really don't have anything to add. Usually I I give these nice long you know whatever explanations at the end of this thing, but uh, today I really don't because we kind of I mean we covered a lot. I mean it's it's nice to get a more in depth perspective from things that, uh, that that you brought up, but I don't have anything to to really go off on a long. Uh, final words and all that stuff. I, I I just don't. Today I'm I'm just happy it's the end of the week. Uh, I'm gonna go ice my face here in just a here in just a little bit. I thought it was a great conversation. Uh, again, we did a different kind of format for this. It's kind of a you know an, an open discussion roundtable. You know, to go in there and throw your arms around kind of thing. Uh, I, I like this format. Marty said that he wants to be on. Uh, he wanted to be on this one, uh, but he's he's in a state of uh, where he's well. He's not able to be here at the moment, but he'll be back. Okay. Yeah, yeah, disrepair. He'll uh, he'll be back soon. Uh, Bruce, you got anything you you want to add here at the end? Any final words? I would add my typical government's bad and K, but I would also like to add that you know just just a reminder: get out there and get involved in your local communities. You know, I mean, we're talking about these crazy stuff that's happening, but when it comes to like, for example, COVID, it comes to uh, stuff in your schools, it uh, local municipalities, all that stuff. You can affect that. You can have a big change in that. Um, so, you know, get out there and get involved in it. I know it's boring and it, you know, you, you have to, <laughs> it takes a little extra work and a little, little extra research, but, you know, maybe forego watching Netflix one night and doing some research and looking at what's going on, you know, and, and getting to know your community, have a barbecue, 
neighborhood barbecue, something, you know, get to get to know what's going on with your your local community and get involved and see how you can get involved to, to, to help your local community. That's where that's where it has to start. You have to start small in, the, in that. And once you get the communities changed, uh, it'll it'll if we're all doing the same job at our local community, we can change entire nations just focusing on our local area. And of, and of course, I will give the no. last word to our illustrious guest. Ned, it's all you. You got the last word. Bruce, that, that was excellent. I mean, what we should have said then was, yeah, that's a freight train. We want to start rolling and not stop. I mean, we've got in this country, like you have, you call it Halloween. What a brilliant chance for the kids to get back together. The family is to get socializing. You then got Guy Fawkes here, chance to have bonfires and fireworks and, you know, simple things. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, bonfire, jack potatoes, hot dogs, drinks, whatever. Just chill. It is just time to get that on. Yeah, start our own freight train, a bigger one, going in the opposite direction to this one. Maybe we'll get it right. All right, we will go ahead and call this one done. And I want to thank all the listeners. Thank you guys for being here today. Everyone have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. If you're listening to us on Monday, have a great evening, and we'll see you tomorrow.